Sometimes we get lost and we need someone to tell us who we are, tell us the stories and remind us that even with all our flaws, even with all of our imperfections, we are special, we are amazing, and we are loved. Being willing to risk being ourselves while knowing that we are deeply and completely loved by God sounds easy, but it calls us to a deeper level of understanding of God's amazing love for us and us being completely open and honest about who we are. To help us unpack all of this, here is Pastor Sue from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln on today's A Critical Faith podcast. Did you know that women age 16 to 25 spend an average of five hours a week taking selfies? and they post an average of three selfies every day? Well, Will Storr, the author of Selfie, How We Became So Obsessed and What It's Doing to Us, says that there was this crazy idea in the late 80s, early 90s, that one of the ways we can get out of this cycle of drug addiction and domestic abuse and teen pregnancy was to simply believe that we were special and amazing. With our selfies, we are special and amazing. We know that because we control the story that goes out. You see, I can post pictures of my amazing vacations, uh, my brushes with the rich and famous, my accomplishments. No matter how small, I could make them so you want to believe them. You see, with the selfie, we are in control of the story that goes out to the world. And we can delete all those flaws and imperfections and ordinariness that we don't want anybody else to see. We can hide all the shameful secrets we have that we don't want anybody else to know about. And we can just put out to the world the story that we want the world to see. This tendency to present ourselves in this way, uh, we could lay squarely on the feet of our social media world today. But you know, we've been doing this a whole lot longer than Facebook or Twitter have ever been around. Author Erin Wathen, in her book, More Than Words, tells a story about meeting with a group to help her with her research for the book. And they were talking about how they learned the values that they picked up as children. And she realized, listening to them, that uh, not only did they learn some positive values, but they learned a pretty important negative one as well. As she was listening to them, she said, what I'm hearing is that you never learned to be authentic. And there was a pause. You see, they had learned the value of pretense. And they had developed the skills early on, somehow knowing the need to hide things. Mom and dad aren't happy. Bob likes boys better than girls. Money is scarce. Uncle Joe drinks just a little too much. There's lots of reasons we do this kind of thing. Lots of reasons we put forth this false narrative about who we are and we try to hide things. One, of course, is that we want to fit in. We want people to accept us. So we tell the story that we think is going to get us that acceptance. Sometimes we give these false narratives because we're embarrassed about something and it's a way of protecting us from being hurt or further embarrassed. Sometimes we tell these stories because we want something. We want validation and we want to belong. But here's the thing. Every time we tell a story about ourselves that isn't true, we lose a little bit of who we are 
and we forget who we are. That's what I think was going on in Laodicea at the time the book of Revelation was written. Listen for the word of God for us from Revelation 3. And to the angel of the Lord in Laodicea, write, the words of the Amen, the faithful true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you and you with me. To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying. They were incredibly rich Christians there. The whole town was had more money than you knew what to do with. But there was a problem for the Laodicean Christians. They were Christians. And as Christians, the only God they worshiped was the one true God of Jesus Christ. But they were required by law to worship the Emperor Domitian, who was the first living emperor to declare himself a God while still alive. But if they didn't worship the emperor, they could be barred from participating in the economic life of the city. So they found themselves in this really uncomfortable place. And now while the, the letter doesn't tell us exactly why they were called lukewarm, I wonder if it's because they were looking for some gray area between the two extremes of worshiping Domitian and worshiping Jesus Christ. And so I think, I'm guessing, theorizing, that one of the things they probably said to themselves was, well, we could go through the motions of worshiping Domitian. We could make the sacrifices, but we know it really doesn't mean anything. But I, I see in this letter God looking at them and asking, well, should I believe what you say or should I believe what you do? Which is it? Who are you? I'm guessing they'd probably done this for long enough. They probably didn't really have an answer to that question. Waythan tells a story about a friend of hers. Um, every time her children left the house, she would tell them, remember who you are. It's not be safe or don't get in trouble, but in every circumstance, in every conversation, in every encounter, in every choice before you, remember who you are. There are so many voices in the world telling us who we should and should not be, what we should hide, and what we should show the world. You want to be popular? Then you have to, to talk like this. You have to do these kinds of things. You have to associate with these kinds of people. If you want to succeed, Black and white doesn't cut it there. There's, there's way too much gray if you want to succeed. And if you want to be seen as a quality person, well, let's start hiding those flaws. But if we listen to all those voices, we will lose sight of who we are. 
And we won't be living authentic lives. Rather, we will be living a facsimile of a life. So remember who you are. Sometimes we need to be reminded, like Moses was in the wilderness. Moses grew up in Egypt, raised by Pharaoh's daughter in the Egyptian court, really didn't have the connection with his, his birth people. He didn't know their stories. He really didn't even know their God. But out in the wilderness, God got his attention and he reminded Moses of who he was. He said, you come from a long line of special people, a people with a promise, a people with a heritage. And oh, by the way, it's a pretty messed up group of people too. Abraham tried to pass his wife off as a sister. Jacob stole his brother's inheritance and Jacob's oldest son sold their younger son into slavery. Welcome to the family, Moses. And yet God also looked at Moses and said, you may be from this long line of, of messed up, wonderfully loved people. You are also the one I have chosen for a very special task in this world. Sometimes we get lost and we need someone to tell us who we are, tell us the stories and remind us that even with all our flaws, even with all of our imperfections, we are special, we are amazing, and we are loved. In September 2002, Jamie Lee Curtis posed for the cover of Moore magazine. It was a very controversial photo shoot. She wore no makeup and she allowed no retouching of the photograph. It was a, um, well, the San Francisco Chronicle described her as squishy in the middle, chunky in the thighs, flabby in the back, thick at the knees and ankles. You see, Jamie Lee Curtis had a problem with self-esteem. And finally she realized, I need to be the person I see when I wake up in the morning and look in the mirror. I need to be that person, to love that person that God made me to be. No makeup, no touch-ups, the authentic me. That was the person she needed to be. That was the person she needed to love. Chunky thighs, squishy middle, and all. Her message in this article was that no one is as perfect as they seem. And, and to uh, illustrate that, she pointed out that the glamour photo of her on the next page took 13 hours in the makeup chair to get ready for. So love who you are. Love who God created you to be. And don't try to be anything less. Remember who you are. Part of that remembering is remembering that we are made in the image of God. Thomas Merton said, to say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence, for God is love. Love is my true identity. Love is my true character. Love is my name. To remember who we are is to remember that what we see in the mirror is not a simple two-dimensional reflection of our physical bodies. What we see in the mirror is a reflection of a reflection of the love of God for us and for the world. And so when we say we want to live authentic lives, then we need to claim the fact that we bear the image of God, the God of love, that we are loved by this God and that this God loves everybody in this world. And we need to live that way. So we need to teach our children that. We need to teach our children to love themselves with all of their awkwardness and all of their uniqueness. Let the weird kid be weird. Let the one who marches to a different drummer find their own beat. 
Let's teach each other that the things we try to cover up to be accepted and normal, everyone has them. Everybody has imperfections. Some of them are probably even worth celebrating rather than covering up. Let's teach our children to be whole human beings and not just illusions or shadows of who God made them to be. Let's ground them in the values we've been talking about this summer. Compassion, community, justice, equity, Sabbath. Let them dig their roots deep into those values so that they can rise up to the surface under pressure and remind them of who they are. Let's model truth-telling and curiosity. Let's model for each other that our failures are opportunities to grow and not a judgment about who we are. And let's create a safe place to ask questions and share doubts and concerns. Because without the safety of a place to do that, we're going to continue taking those glamorous selfies and trying to tell a different story to the world about us than who we really are. And without a safe place to explore those worries and doubts and questions about ourselves, we're not going to love ourselves and we will forget who we are. Now there is a price to be paid for living authentically. There's a price to be paid for not covering up our flaws and for celebrating our uniqueness. There may be some people who look at us and say, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't know you anymore. You're not the person I thought you were. And you know, that's okay because you don't have to be the person they thought you were. Your job is to be the person God made you to be and to live that person's life and not someone else's image of who you should be. Another price that we may pay for living authentic lives is we may lose out on opportunities because we stop playing the game of adapting ourselves to everybody else's expectations. And that can be painful. For some people, that may mean they lose a job. They lose their income and they have to find another way to put food on the table. It may mean they lose a circle of friends or something that's important to them that way. But what's the price? of not living authentically. You're never gonna be a whole person and you're never gonna be the person God made you to be. There's a bigger price for not living authentic lives. So remember who you are. But if you ever forget, here's the good news. God remembers and God still sends burning bushes, smoke signals up into the air to get our attention and to remind us of who we are. God still tells us the stories of who we are. And when we forget who we are and we start to compromise ourselves to fit in or to get by, Jesus still stands at the door and knocks, asking to come in and to remind us that we are beloved children of God. So even if we have forgotten, God has not forgotten us. You are unique. You are messy. You are flawed. You are beautiful. And you are the image of the loving God. So claim that, embrace that, live that boldly for your sake so you can be all that God created you to be. But do it for the sake of that person who may be watching you and not feeling like their lives have meaning. Do it for the sake of that person who's living a hollow version of who they are. Because if they see you living an authentic life and they see how rich your life becomes because of that, 
that may give them the courage to start living more authentically themselves. So remember who you are, claim it and live it. You never know who's going to see and be changed by your witness. Thank you for joining us today for this week's A Critical Faith Podcast. Come and journey with us together in community as we discover and nurture a faith that changes lives. Find out more about liking us on Facebook at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska.